You're tuned in to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to discuss topics related to culture, relationships, self-improvement, and everything in between. The most authentic way of building true connections is by being vulnerable and sharing your own unique perspectives. So let's start right here, right now. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you're all doing amazing. Um, I'm super excited for this week's show. It's obviously a little longer than usual, and that is because I have an amazing guest on this week, and that is my boyfriend, Frankie. (laughs) Um, The funny thing about this entire situation is that we actually decided to try again this past weekend. So we broke up about three months ago, and we've maintained our friendship throughout that time and the show is actually supposed to be about maintaining a friendship after breaking up and over the weekend when I went to go visit him we just had a really really candid and vulnerable conversation about everything and I don't know it just kind of happened we realized that we we understood each other better and that it was worth you know trying again so then it became a podcast episode about just where we're at and all of the insights that we had over the weekend and what we're going to do differently moving forward. And yeah, I just really hope it helps some of you. And yeah, I'm really excited about this. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I have a very special guest on the podcast today. Um, He is a very unique character that I think you all will be very happy to to meet i guess i guess they're meeting you just not physically but yeah welcome my boyfriend hey guys frankie piazza yeah this is gonna be a fun one um i've always wanted to talk about relationships on this podcast and i'm finally going to do that with the best person that i could possibly find so yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, what we're going through as a couple and some things that we've learned recently and just kind of this like new agey, that's what Frank calls it, like this new agey type of perspective. Yeah, and I think the the best way to sum it up is starting to figure out, discovering kind of like the fundamental truths about how a relationship really works as opposed to trying to fit a relationship into what society tells you a relationship should be right and what your past relationships have told you a relationship should be so if you were being conscious and you were uh making decisions out of love and being vulnerable and you were starting from scratch and you didn't know anything else about relationships, what would be the relationship that you would ultimately design Mm -hmm. and discover? And right now it kind of feels like that's what we're starting to explore and and, and starting to figure out. So I think it's, it's worth talking about and worth sharing. And yeah. And it's also definitely coming from a place of having done it, I guess the wrong way. Yeah. Went through it the wrong way. And then realizing that we did have the potential to do it the right way, but we had to just, talk about it and be honest about what the, what were the things that we were doing that were making each other feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then understanding that we had the possibility and the right to make it however it is that we wanted to make it and 
not really subscribe to whatever it is that we've been told needed to be done because it obviously was not working for us, you know? Exactly. So that's what we want to talk about. <laughs> but I think we should start like t- with telling them how we even met. And like, I think we should tell them about the fact that we did have to, you know, kind of cut things off and then realize that yeah, we had to yeah. adjust, you know? Do you want me to? Yeah. You, you love it? telling the story. So Frank loves telling the story Do about I, how we met. I, Every I time no that idea. we would go out and people would ask about how we met, I'd just be like, take the show like take it i had no idea <laughs> no but it's cute i like that you do that i like that you, i like watching you tell the story um so yeah so uh kat and i met in jamaica on vacation my fam- i was on vacation with my family she was there for a wedding with her family and um we actually first drunkenly met in the pool but i was way too drunk to really pull anything off but i I think wound up at least getting out of her that she had a blog. I feel like that was after. I swear, Mm-mm. I think it's okay. No, fine, because that's what let me. So we had a drunken conversation in which I uncovered that she had a blog, and then the following day I asked her about the blog. She told me a little bit about it, and she told me it was her full name. It was catlantigo.com. I was also drunk for this conversation, <laughs> and it's amazing that I even remembered the name and then also was able to figure out how the hell to spell Lantigua. <laughs> and um, I wound up finding, after I spoke to her, I wound up finding the blog. I wound up reading a lot of her posts, but I read um, her existential crisis post and I really connected with it. I'm someone who, um, you know, I, I quit my job and went through, uh, you know, a series of rolling existential crises, <laughs> trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing in the world and trying to figure out how to, how to start a business and, um, you know, make something in the world. So I read that post, really connected with it, or, with it. And then once I did, I was so nervous to like see her again. Cause it was like, Oh my God, this girl's like so dope. <laughs> and I don't want to like fuck this up. <laughs> and, um, and I, it was funny to be so nervous the entire night. And then that, that night there was a club on the resort and I met her. Um, I saw her in the club. We, we talked a little bit and I almost, she actually came up to me. I was like nervous to go up to her. So she finally came yeah, up to me. Yeah, he was like dancing with his family and stuff and I was like pretending not to see him and then yeah. he was pretending not to see me yeah. and then so I was finally, finally like, hey. She finally made a move because. Yeah, because Frank wasn't know, making the move. I'm a little, you know. Damn. I have social I realized, issues, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I realized like I actually made a move on you. Yeah, you did, but. Wow. You know, yes. All right, we don't have to labor <laughs> over that too much. <laughs> so... She um, came up to me and basically I almost immediately brought up the blog post and, you know, how impressed I was. And then kind of that led to having a very like uh, deep existential type conversation. And we wound up like going out to the beach underneath the stars and we just talked underneath the stars until the sun came up for like probably five hours. And, you know, I think we, we kissed a little bit and made out, but that was it. Did we the first night? I think we might have kissed. So we did this like for the remainder of our trip. Yeah, we did it like three nights in a row where like, like all we did was go on to the, like we would go to the club, we'd hang out with our families and then we'd go to the beach and just talk and make out. Um, and everybody thought like on my end, everybody yeah. thought, well, your end too, where people thought we were doing like the craziest thing. Like, oh my God, they're like out till the morning. Like they must be doing something like super naughty. And, yeah, and it like, was not that at all. And in the past in in flings let's say that i've had on Mm. vacation it's like it is that it's more physical it's more sexual it's more i don't know like elementary and operating at a lower level of consciousness let's say 
And so this was the, the first time I really um, experienced something like that. And it was funny, like I'd get home in the morning to, to the hotel room and my brother and cousin would be there and they're like, you know, they're like 20 and 21. They're like, oh, did you, did you have sex with her? And it's just like, no, like I can't even explain to you two what I just did with her. Mm-hmm. And it was like this dance. It was this, um, I don't know, like this beautiful like connection of, of minds and, and of our beings. And, you know, like you're in Jamaica, the, the stars are unbelievable, right? You're seeing like shooting stars all the time and, um, it's paradise. And then you're experiencing this with another human being. And, you know, it felt like a movie. It felt like a dream. I felt very surreal. And then, um, the whole time we were hanging out, I basically was telling her like, I'm going to come to Miami. I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come see you. Frank was in Jamaica. We were both in Jamaica. Obviously we don't live there. So like, and when we went home, like when we talked about like where we're from, we realized like we definitely like don't live in the same place. Yeah. Kat lived in Miami at the time and I lived in Atlanta. And like after the first night I was kept telling her like, yeah, I'm going to come see you. And, she just like didn't actually believe me and she knows now obviously, but I'm someone who like when I discover something or I decide something, it's like I do it. So I wound up visiting her a few weeks later. We started dating and um, it was long distance basically the entire time we started dating. Yeah. And then um, recently in May, she we basically had a conversation where she was moving to the Bronx and I was going to be moving back down to Florida and her question to me was like, well, after this year of doing another round of long distance would you move by me or live with me or whatever and the my almost immediate answer to her was like no I probably wouldn't move up there and my reasoning was that I have there's other factors that I have to worry about and whatever but there was also and we'll get into this there was a lot of like just deeper rooted things that we didn't really realize were going on where um you know the coolest thing about a long distance relationship is that that forces you to over communicate. Um, and yeah. we did do that to a, to a larger extent. And that did make us have a, a pretty solid foundation of a relationship. But in that over communication, we got blinded by the fact that we weren't perfect at communicating. Yeah. And so we would buy into the fact that, Oh, we're good over communicators and everything's great. When in fact there were things that we were missing and there were things that we were not commuting, not communicating and kind of repressing and, letting grow in our unconscious and that led to you know basically us not being on the same page Mm -hmm. is that a fair summation yeah it is and then yeah we basically decided like we we both knew that we wanted each other to feel free and independent and we loved each other so much that we were like we cannot continue being together because I'm moving and I knew that I had to move for my own things and Frank needed to do his thing. And I, I, I didn't want, I wouldn't ever want him to feel pressured to make a decision because I want him to, I want, I would have wanted him to do it because he felt like that's what aligned with his life. So at the time it didn't, it didn't feel like we could be together because we had to do our own thing and that's exactly what we did. So I moved to New York and like when I moved to New York, I was single. I was, I didn't move here with any, it's technically in a relationship. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's an interesting thing where I think the whole time we were dating, I always would say, I guess in, in the past when I've dated girls, I was always sad that some of the girls I've dated were actually very cool. And because of, um, you know, the, the, way society currently currently looks at relationships and dictates what we're supposed to do and not do 
I, you know, you're, you're not friends with somebody after you break up with them, which to me seems odd because if you break up for a completely reasonable reason and you're, you really care for this person and you love them and you get along and they're, you've basically found one of the human beings in the world that you, that you really, you know, fuck with, fuck with. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to look for another word that wasn't that, but no, this is an explicit podcast. There is an E so we can curse. Um, so yeah, it's something where you found somebody who is worth fucking with. Why would you all of a sudden just drop them completely because you, you decided to basically stop being intimate and having sex and like, you know, doing more coupley things. So when I was dating Kat, I always said like, we're going to be friends. Like I, I knew like, Hey, we're going to be friends for life. Like I, I, I love you and I care about you. And even when we broke up, we still talked every week. And when we get off the phone, we still were telling each other that we love each other. Cause it's like, I tell my best friends that and Kat's one of my best friends. So why would I stop telling her something that I believe to be true just because we're not dating and because society says I can't say that anymore. So and again, even, and even like when we were dating, you would be like, if, ev- if anything ever happens, and we're not together anymore. Yeah. Like I promise that we're going to be in each other's lives yeah. forever. And I always sat, I mean like I would always appreciate it, but in my heart I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, we're not supposed to do that. Like, no, well, if we break up, it's because we were not supposed to be in each other's lives. Like, no, I will not keep you around. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up and it was like, I didn't feel, I, I, I didn't feel like I, I wanted to do that. And like the reason why we broke up was something so pure. It was like, I need to go and live my life and you need to live your life. And I respect you and I love you. It wasn't anything because we disrespected each other or anything like that, that merited that kind of response, yeah, you and know? The, and the quotes that I think of are, um, you know, love is not about, possession it's about appreciation and kind of when we broke up when I told everybody when I was speaking about the breakup I'd always say it kind of feels like that quote when they say if you love something you should let it go and that's really what we did with each other and it's weird how this weekend we were hanging out again you know kind of as friends and had all these realizations about what we really mean to each other and what the issues were prior because as much as we broke up for these reasons that we listed that are kind mm-hmm. of like the more logical obvious ones what we found was that there's these more unconscious reasons why it wasn't working and yeah. i mean to me the and i don't know if you want to get into it now but to me i guess the biggest thing i realized was so cat is like a very emotional being and i'm a very logical being and what I realized was that um, when I used to hear about like, oh, you're going to, you meet the one, right? You meet somebody who's like perfect for you. It always seemed like it was supposed to be something where like you meet them and just like everything clicks and everything vibes and everything's perfect. And what I realized is like, that's actually not the point. The point is that you meet somebody who you fit together like a puzzle piece. But like if you zoomed in to where the puzzle pieces are touching, there's a contrast. There's things that aren't working. And that's where the work is done. And that's where you learn about each other and you grow. And it's like, where is that contrast? That contrast is in the in the communication styles. Kat communicates very emotionally. I communicate very logically. So as a result, typically we'll, if we're not being aware and conscious of this, mm-hmm. we can talk over each other and think the other person is wrong, right? Like yeah. how, you know, for the people listening, how weird is it that you can get into an argument with your significant other or a friend or a family member and it's so easy to feel like you're the one who's misunderstood Mm -hmm. and that they're wrong and why why don't they see it like you see it and the truth of the matter is and I think this is what we 
really started to realize this weekend is that you are you you're right and you have a uh, in an argument you are right and you have a justification to feel like that but the uh, the other person feels just like you feel on the opposite end of it and they're right for a reason and they're also wrong so you're both right and you're both wrong at the same time and it's that understanding that makes you realize that if your essences are pure if you really care and love about each other love each other then the whole point or, or the whole thing that's going on here, the whole mechanism, is that you just aren't perfect at communicating with each other because your communication styles are different. Not to mention you have all this ingrained uh, ingrained ways that you look at relationships because of your prior relationships, because of the relationship you observed in your parents and your friends' relationships and what society tells you a relationship should be. It's like, again, like my question, and I think our question that we're trying to answer is, what would an ideal relationship be like if no one was telling you how it should be or you didn't have prior experiences that were bad? And it's like, I think if we think about all of our prior relationship experiences, part of it is that we're all forcing each other into models of what we want the other person to be. Instead of realizing that that other person is a beautiful energy and spirit. But on the other side of that, it's not to say that I should accept them completely and entirely as they are. I should accept their essence and I should empathize and I should appreciate where they're coming from and how they're communicating. But if me and Kat are bonded for life, then one of the primary goals is to figure out where all those miscommunications are because that's all all of this is. Because if we were communicating fully and we hurt each other, how could we be mad at each other? How could we not be loving each other or vulnerable with each other? Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was my very long rant. No, no, no. And like, and so something that we realize is that we are so opposite that like you're saying, like sometimes we talk over each other and like we miss the whole point, but everything that we're trying to communicate to each other is rooted in love and it's, and is pure. And what's cool about the fact that we're so opposite and that we are literally a contrast of each other, literally like, um, in some ways we're exactly the same though, and in some ways cool. And yeah. that's how we fit together. I think in that bigger puzzle piece. Right. But what I like yeah. the coolest thing about all of this is like in us understanding each other and learning how to communicate with each other, we are also going to learn how to better communicate with people outside of our relationship and in life just in general, because in, in reality, like I wouldn't know how to communicate with a Frank, just like a, like a platonic Frank in the world. Right. Because I just can't communicate to people like you. But because I'm learning how to communicate to you and because I love you, then when I meet people like you in the future, I won't discount them as quickly or like just people in general, like yes. whatever, not relationships, but like just people in general, like that, that could add value to my life yes. or could say something of value. But ne- because I know how to communicate with them, I won't just like throw them out. So it's like it's it's more than just us. It's also you learning how to communicate with emotional beings yes. in the world and me learning how to communicate with logical beings in the world yes. and not thinking that they're you know, assholes or whatever. Well, and even, and to go along with this, just that realization that in any interaction in life with another person, you know, be it, um, an acquaintance, a relationship, uh, a political argument yeah. or, or even a business or marketing, it's like, you're just dealing with another human being who has a set of beliefs that they believe in deeply for reasons that feel just as valid as your reasons feel. Yeah. And they're just trying to communicate in the best way they know how. And it's like, realize that, the feelings that you have deep down and that intuition that you have deep down is beyond words. So when you go to use words 
they're imprecise. It, it's it, it's you're trying your best to communicate how you feel, and then the other person has their own way of perceiving all those words. So it's like life and relationships is like we're doomed for miscommunication, <laughs> and realizing that we're doomed for miscommunication, that we are flawed, but that hopefully the person you're interacting with, their energy is pure, and you know there's there's reason to keep talking to them then the whole goal becomes to work through those miscommunications and you know the other thing i think of with all this is just the idea of committing to to someone be it a friend or an intimate relationship where um to me it's starting to feel more like the people that are in my life are here for a purpose and i know there's that phrase of like everyone's in your life for a season and a reason which is what i grew up hearing and maybe that's true for some people right but to me it feels like you also wind up finding the people that are trying to get you to work on yourself in some way like to me cat has a strength that i need to work on and i have a strength that cat needs to work on so for me and i think it's more than one thing for each of us but the main one i think of with cat is cat is very um, emotional and compassionate and selfless and that's something that I'm trying to work on and that's how she can you know when we do battle on certain conversations or certain topics or whatever that's how she can sharpen my sword and cat and for me I'm I'm more logical and systematic and process oriented so when we do battle she can sharpen her sword on that and it's like over time, we not only get better at communicating, but we build into the strengths that are necessary. Um, and a lot of times to me, the reason I have the strength of being logical, let's say, is I that one time that was a weakness for me. So it's like, and this is a bit more spiritual sounding, but it's like I'm working on the weakness that she has is like a, a past version of myself that I'm working on in her. And I don't know, it's it's this weird thing and now this is getting very spiritual where, you know, the <laughs> well, relationship... Okay, I think they're getting like the essence of how we like interact. Exactly. <laughs> this is literally us. Exactly. Um, so in committing to Kat, let's say, and this is, I think this was my hesitation when we first dated was... Okay, so just so you guys know, we dated from August... Like eight or nine months. Yeah, so yeah, I guess like phase one. So we're dating yeah, again phase as one. of like Friday. Yeah. This is coming out on Tuesday and on Friday we decided. To but interestingly, we were date. never like truly single. Like we were right. in oh, our so own that's stuff a, and still yeah. loving each other. Basically. Right. But this is the other thing too. It's like, so I was in New York and I was like meeting people. It's like, what's well, like been like three and a half months since I moved. Like I was, you know, I was like, you know, networking, getting out there, like just seeing what was out there. And like every single time I met somebody, I'd be like, fuck, like, damn, it's not that thing though. Cause it's like this, even like phase one, the first stage of our relationship although it wasn't perfect and there were some things that we were definitely not like talking about and stuff like it was still pushed the boundaries and it still pushed us in places into places that we had still had never been in with other people before. So it's like, even though that wasn't perfect, once we got out of it, I was like, I had a certain level of expectation for anybody I interacted with uh-huh. and everybody was like immediately thrown out. Like nobody, like just nobody fit even the, the slightest bit where I could even engage like well, even the yeah. courting, you know? So it became this thing where it was like, fuck, like, now what do we do and we would tell each other that like and i I, yeah and i not to interrupt sorry i don't want to interrupt no it's fine but i think this exact point is like how weird is it that i find cat like we meet in jamaica and first off it's like 
if you if the universe or you know called god i i like to think of it as a simulation but if the universe was trying to tell you something it's like the way we met in jamaica is just absolutely absurd right it's like it seems like a sign to me but besides that it's like if i had to pick my ideal girl that i would that i would marry and stay with forever it's like okay she has to be motivated and have vision for her own life and want to do something bigger than herself in the world and ideally do something that's trying to impact others right and and not doing things for for the wrong reasons like money or material or or status or anything doing things because she truly believes that there is suffering in the world and that um, she can help in some way and you know also a girl that's smart and articulate and driven and then obviously also beautiful and it's like okay i found all of this in cat and i would honestly consider it like one in a billion which is like literally let's say there's six other cats running around the planet so what i'm kind of saying by breaking up with her is like well she was basically ideal in all the ways i needed but instead of doing the work with her and building this beautiful relationship together over time and and learning and growing and communicating and being vulnerable and trusting and all of that, let's break up and let me go try to find the, another one in a billion girl that hopefully is a little better at some of these things where she's bothering me or whatever. And it's like, how ridiculous is that? Not to mention a lot of the things we both have to work on to be better in our relationship. It's just a lot of the old concepts we were holding on to from prior relationships, right? I mean, I, I realized on Friday, like one of the things that was holding, one of the things that bothered Kat in our relationship is that I didn't like, uh, I wasn't affectionate enough. I didn't appreciate her enough. I didn't do these small little things to like really show her I care, cared, even if deep down, I cared about her so much. And I realized that part of the reason I was doing that is because the first girl, my first love, I was so obsessed with and I was so appreciative and went out of my way and did all these little things and got her flowers and wrote on her car and all these little surprises. And she wound up cheating on me. And as much as I thought I got over that and forgave her and it wasn't affecting how I viewed relationships, it completely influenced how I viewed relationships and it completely influenced how I operated in my relationship at an unconscious level, right? So I was just doing it thinking it wasn't affecting me, but it actually was affecting me to the point where it put a strain on our relationship and made Kat feel underappreciated and, and like I didn't care as much. Um, and then again, the other thing for me was I wasn't committed to her in that way where it's like I kept caveating it like you know, maybe this will work out. You know, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. I don't know, whatever. And everything was just like really up in the air. And like, for me, I'm somebody who, you know, as crazy as it sounds, like I like to make sure that my investments are worthwhile. Right. So like Mm -hmm. I'm in my mid twenties and like, I don't like to think about too much, like think about it too much in like age and years and all that stuff. But I'm like, okay, like I've already been in a long distance relationship with him for a year he i'm moving to new york and i'm asking him if he can if 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 there's going to be a time in the next year where we will work towards being in the same city because that's going to develop our relationship in a way that we haven't been able to and he said no and it's because of i don't know this and i don't know if i want to get married i don't know if i want to have kids and i don't know if and i'm and in my mind i'm like well 
I cannot continue to be with somebody who I can't, who, who I could possibly invest years into. And then in the end will say like, no, well, I didn't want that anyway, because they told me in the beginning, like, I don't want those things. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this is not an investment for me. This is not going to make it worthwhile for me. I'm not going to give all these years and then be in my mid thirties and then have him mm-hmm. be like, oh, like I actually didn't want kids. And then I have to start all over again, you so, know? Yeah. And that was, so that was, you know, the, the two things on my end were, I wasn't because of the things I was holding on to in my old relationships, I wasn't uh, showing her affection. And because of my kind of, I guess, reacting against societal norms. Because I I, I wasn't pretty com- well, that's invested. What I, was get into in yeah. I, I I wasn't committing to her fully. And then on Kat's side of the coin, it was like one of the things she was doing to me that kind of shut me off to the relationship was she kept she had old views of what a relationship should be and she kept trying to put me into those boxes which of like, i didn't know i had which is something it's unconscious it's these an, things and that's and i guess that's why i think this is so important to bring up and talk about and and you know hopefully see what you guys think and see if this makes sense where a lot of the things we were doing were unconscious to us they're ingrained in us and we don't even know that we're doing it and we don't even know we're shutting the other person off in the process we just know that there's something off about it exactly that's all we know because the thing is with us is like we are both very independent and we both have like these big ideas and stuff like that and like we hate to be constrained in any way right like we want to be free birds and i didn't realize that as much as i'm a free bird and i saw you the same i was trying to cage you in and when you didn't go into the cage i was getting pissed off and i was thinking you just weren't the one Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I honestly, I don't know if I could marry this girl. I, I don't know if I could stay with this girl anyway, because she's trying to make this relationship something that it doesn't have to be because she's attached to how she was told or, you know, what she thinks a relationship should be rather than realizing what we have. Right. And it, that was my flaw. And now I'm kind of like, you know, it's not like the, the, the things that I stressed really were not important. Mm-hmm. It's just that in my mind, I was like, this is what has to be happening in order for this to mm-hmm. be considered a successful relationship or yep. for me to feel appreciated or even just like not necessarily feel, but like, oh, this is like an outward sign that he's checking off this, this, this box. And like in reality, like it's just, does it, that, that's just not how it works. And that's how well, most people function. But that's why a lot of people are just like in relationships where they think they're happy, but like there's just this thing inside of them exactly. that does not feel okay. And I think. The other thing with with Kat is, and again, because I'm logical and she's emotional, I have an easier ability. It's it's actually a funny point. I have an easier ability to empathize with the other side because I'm not responding emotionally. So I can say like, I can typically when me and Kat fight after 10 minutes of 20 minutes of sitting there and meditating on it and just relaxing my mind and letting that that initial visceral emotion go away. It's which like, literally happened Which on happened Friday. on Friday. That's how we wound up realizing all this stuff. Yeah, like we literally... We had this really stupid fight and then we yeah. got mad at each other and Kat got upset and then I sat that we both sat in different rooms and I kind of like apologized. But, you know, oddly, and this is the point I'm about to make, is I can sit there and say, okay, I know why I'm wrong and I know why Kat's wrong. And for Kat, because she responds more emotionally, she just feels wronged and slighted, which I understand. But the other thing that I think was putting a strain on our relationship was that she wasn't stepping back and saying, okay, but how, how am I wronging him? Because in any miscommunication, that's what's going on, right? That's what, we, that's what I was saying earlier. Um, so there was like two things from me and two things from her that we were kind of unconscious to and not able to communicate. 
it properly back then. And we had a kind of, I did, we did have to let each other go because we loved each other. And it's weird to not be able to communicate that three months ago. And in some ways, you know, I've apologized to Kat and wish I was able to behave like this and commit to her like this three or four months ago. But I, I also, on the other hand, realized that we're right on time. We had to go through that. We had to not be able to communicate and then be away from each other and then think about each other and then consciously become aware of all these things, right? Um, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of beautiful to me. And I, I, I do think it's, it's crazy when you commit to somebody or you commit to something fully, how much it can blossom. I mean, even I think in my business ventures, there were times where I was kind of, I had one foot in and one foot out. And it was only when I fully committed to my business ideas and my creative ventures that they began to blossom. And even with my friendships and, and my business partners who are the same people most of the time, uh, when I fully committed to them, and this is now a lifelong journey with this person, if I'm locked into this, and I think this is where, you know, unfortunately now you can get divorced and a lot of people get married for the wrong reasons and to the wrong people, but if you think about what marriage was initially, right, this is a sacred bond where two people are doing the work to try to become a unity. And it's like, it's not because you found the person who's perfect for you. Just as they it's, were. Exactly. Like, you that found, doesn't actually You found the exist. person who's perfect for you to, to do build the work with, with yeah. and build with and grow with. And that's going to take a lifetime to do. And the other thing I realized this weekend, especially, um, you know, every day, like the last few couple of days have been, uh, almost blissful because uh, Kat and I have been completely vulnerable with each other. We're over-communicating. We're very present. We're, it feels like a little adventure, like our own little movie. And I realized on Friday, and this is when I really like basically realized like, wow, we have to, we're supposed to be together, is we were laying there kind of just staring at each other and having this deep conversation and being so present with each other. And it's just like, isn't this the whole point of my life? right? To, to have things that I'm working on, that I'm fulfilled in and I'm creating in the world and hopefully making an impact. And then I have this beautiful being. And when I say beautiful, I mean her soul and her energy. I have this beautiful being. And why wouldn't I want to spend the rest of my life with her trying to explore this higher level of being with another person? And at times this weekend, it, it honestly felt like, I like this metaphor that uh, Alan Watts says, uh, if you look at a bird, a uh, bird, if you look at a bee and a flower, they can't exist without each other. So while to us they look like two organisms, if you pull the camera back a little bit, they're actually one bigger organism, right? Because they literally couldn't exist without each other. And it's like looking at my relationship with Cat. Not as like, oh, it's it, like I'm a, I'm Frank and she's Cat. It's like, what if you pulled the camera back a little bit and this was like consciousness is way of, of getting to this higher plane where it's like you actually need another brain and you need to unlock that communication and that connection and that vulnerability. And in doing that, you find joy. I mean, this whole weekend, I felt like a little kid. Yeah, I like felt, you kept saying, like, I feel I like I felt I'm giddy, 15. right? Like we're riding bikes around and I'm just caring about her and being selfless with her and she's doing the same and oh wait time out can i just say so like last week i was um i made i made an acai bowl <laughs> i made an acai bowl and like i put something on instagram like on my instagram story where i was like hey you know um 
one thing that I think would be so sweet. And I was like, this is just like a date idea for one of you or like just take somebody take this idea because I think it'd be really great is for you to make an like an acai bowl for for the person that you're dating. Like just surprise them and just make them a bowl because it's like it takes effort. You (laughs) as Frank now knows, like Uh, to get the perfect (laughs) acai bowl, like you have to you have really have to know what you're doing and to like, you know, put things on top and like just surprise them with it. And I was like, nobody's ever really done that for me. And I love acai bowls, but it's not even about that. Like, you know, this is just an idea. So like on Friday, on Saturday morning, I woke up and Frankie, <laughs> he had like all of the ingredients to make an acai bowl, but like, he didn't well, yeah, tell first, me. First, yeah, like I, I made so I didn't a, even know he like had watched that and thought like, oh, let me apply it to her. I was just saying it in general. And yeah. then he actually made it and I was like, oh. Yeah. And I got like, and I also bought it. I make my own cold brew. So I made her cold brew and I also bought a thing to basically make it nitro cold brew, which is like, it tastes better. And like the mouth feels, I don't know. It's just like a cool cold brew. Um, so I surprised her with that, and then I surprised her with the acai bowl, and it was it was cool to remember what that feels like. Because it's something so fucking simple. Really. Well, and it's and it's also and it's too really thoughtful, you know. Though. I think in the past, right? Like let's say the first phase of a relationship or in prior relationships, it would have felt a lot more like work. Yeah, like oh, cat wants this, so let me just go get the shit and do it. And this time, it reminded me of like oh wow, this is the whole point, and you know I think in my own life with friends and acquaintances and literally just people I pass in the street, I have been working on this movement to be more selfless and to just find joy in the serving of others. And I mean, it's incredible how much more joy you find there than being selfish. Right. And in the context of an intimate relationship, it's me going to whole foods and like being excited as fuck to go buy the acai mix and get all the different (laughs) stuff I needed to make in the, you know, the granola and all that stuff. And just being like, giddy to surprise her with something that I know is going to make her smile or um you know other things that I know are going to make her laugh or or whatever it is so um there's a purity there that I think you can experience in a relationship that even with Kat I didn't I you know I it wasn't like this always but it's this realization that it's like what is this life that I'm gonna live eventually besides this right like this is the only like this is living in a lot of ways where I think in the past I would view a relationship as like, uh, it's like I, I should be dating someone and I want them to be interesting. But it's like, I, I guess because we're both driven and I mean, maybe this is less so for you, but at least I'll speak for myself because I've been driven and because I, I, I do want to build things and, and I view that as a priority. I think a lot of times I've discounted relationships or acted like they're not as important, but I guess coming to this ultimate realization that having an intimate relationship like this where it's it's very honest and you're working towards this ideal way of communicating right and the the other part of this is we are flawed beings right we're not as much as this weekend was ideal this is a glimpse at what we could have more regularly but we do have to put in the work there are going to be ups and downs this is going to ebb and flow it's not all you know roses and fairy tales and whatever right it's there are going to be dark chaotic moments of this still but it's it's all about growing into this. And that's true not only in relationships, but in our own personal growth and in our own endeavors. So, of course, it's true at the relationship level. Um, I don't know where I was trying. I'm trying to land this plane right now, but I forgot what the point I was trying to make. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, needless to say, it's <laughs> been it's been an evolution. This this entire thing has been. I know where you were going to go with that. 
that you can still work on your own things and have a relationship coexist oh, with that. Not even, and I, I think even kind of a, as a more ultimate realization, like that's the very, you're right, that's practically, that's true. I can I can be in a relationship with you and do my work. But it's like, it's like what, what is the, what is the most joyful way I can live out a life, right? What is, what is the nature of experience and what, what are the things that allow you to be most joyful? And it's like being completely vulnerable and open and, and working on my communication with Kat and growing together as this kind of honestly like unitive being plus getting all my work done and, and making an impact in the world and being selfless in the world. That's the, that's an incredible way to live a life. And it's, it's one filled with joy and bliss. And I mean, you know, this weekend I've literally cried, like not sobbing, but like my eyes teared up, just appreciating the moment, everything, right. Not just cat, but everything up and down the line in, in my life where it's like, holy crap, I'm living a life. I'm living a life now. And, you know, it's interesting that I think, look, the people who make bad decisions over and over again and they, they make decisions out of fear, they don't live, they, they may not live a good life, but they still experience life, even if it's just the mostly the downs of life, right? They, they're alive in some way. And conversely, if you make decisions out of love, right, and selflessness and, and presence and and you make decisions like that you you're alive you feel alive but the problem is that when we when we're in between and we're not committed to things and we, and we don't know what we believe and we don't know we don't even realize if we're making decisions out of love and fear to me you may be alive like you may have a pulse and you may be breathing but you're not you're not you haven't experienced life you aren't alive right in a lot of ways um, so to me, it's like, why would I, I don't know, seeing a glimpse of what Kat and I can have long-term, it's like, why would I settle for anything else? Why would I break up with her to go try to find this again in another person and then build that, you know, try to build a unity out of that over the next years? It's like, whatever we have is already special. So we're at this point where we actually can break down all the barriers and get to this higher state of being with each other and this higher state of experiencing life and the reason I could confidently say here and say this outlandish sounding shit right now is because I experienced it all weekend I know it's it's real in a lot of ways it's the most real thing I've ever experienced in my entire life literally like okay so I've been kind of reserved well I've been open and I've been talking to Frank but he's been saying things to me and I'm just I just stare at him right because for me, it's like it's been a little difficult to process this change because he was so different not too long ago. So when he tells me things, I'm like, but what the fuck? Like, I've been trying to ask you this or like trying to make you see this for like all this time. And now you say it all of a sudden. But the thing is, he's saying it and he's like so passionate about it. Like he really, really wants me to believe it. And I do believe him. But it's just like seeing the the the, the switch. Like literally it happened on Friday. Like we were talking after we fought. And like, it was like this, like he logic his way into this, I think like logic, logic and feeling well, and that's to your point. That's again, I guess that's the issue. And, and again, I think this is actually a good kind of PSA for people, right? Is realize that look, as much as look, I agree, men and women 
deserve all the equality in the world. You know, women deserve all the equality in the world with men, but you're different creatures, right? And of course, it's fluid, and some women will be more masculine or feminine than others, and same thing with men. Um, but realizing that there is a masculine and feminine energy, and it's like your feminine energy is more emotional and is more feelings-based. It's more intuitive. So the thing that I'm feeling right now, you felt six months ago, but you could not have explained it to me, right? Right. right. In a way where I would have understood it. Right. And I had to get here logically, even if it's emotionally something I now feel or had felt in the past. Like I, I told Kat... We were long distance. Every time she would leave, the day or two after, I would always feel horrible. And I always thought it was because of my work because it's like I'm also like in terms of creating things, I'm very like I can be bipolar. Like I'm very inspired or I'm very nervous and whatever. So I always just discounted it as like, well, I'm just in my head about making things and whatever. I'm stressed. And it's like, no, it's like I actually love this girl so much. And it's like I'm actually sad when she leaves but not something I would have known consciously. So it's like something I always felt but wasn't in touch with mm-hmm. until I logically got there. And now she's hearing me articulate all the things that she felt, but the things that she couldn't articulate. Right. So it's like noticing this polarity in the relationship. It's like you need it, but it's also, it's like it's the biggest strength of a relationship and it's the biggest weakness. Because, exactly. Because of that polarity and that duality, we that's what miscommunication is, right? Is mm-hmm. we're not on that same wavelength there. Mm-hmm. And then the, the deciding factor is deciding to be like, Oh, like there's a mis- miscommunication. Like let's really try to sit down and fix this as opposed to being like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Goodbye. Well, and how, and, or even the goodbye or even just the, or like bottling it up. Like, right, you know right, what? Right, let right. me give, I'll just give the other person space or, you know, this is little, let me not bring it up. I don't want to bother him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think oftentimes in, in early on relationships, that happens we want lot. to bottle it up because we don't want to seem crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I think the other big thing that we never did, but I think the thing that has constrained certainly myself in the past and I think just others in, in general is you meet somebody and you like them, but you don't want them to leave or something, right? You don't want to sh- rock the boat. And not only do you not communicate how you're feeling, but oftentimes you pretend to be something you're not. And to me, it's like, okay, how are you in a relationship for two years where you can't understand, like you you guys fight all the time or you don't get along or whatever? It's because you're pretending to be what you're not and they're expecting you to be what you're not because that's all you've shown to them. Mm -hmm. And same with the goes for the other person. So like, I don't know, you're both kind of like living a lie with each other without realizing it, right? You're doing it innocently and, and just because you like the other person in some ways. But it's like the cool thing with us is for the most part, and again, we haven't, we're not perfect communicators yet, but for the most part, we've just been ourselves. Um, well, like when we nice. met in Jamaica, we weren't looking to find anybody. And that's like how the onset of this entire thing, I feel like. Well, that's what helped. There was like, for whatever reason in Jamaica, there was like no barriers. Like we were just very. Well, because we were on vacation. Like, yeah. I don't think that when we started talking, we we're going to be like, oh, like when we leave this trip, like we're going to keep talking. Like it was something like, oh, like I'm vibing with this person. I may not ever see them again. Might as well just be honest about things. And yeah, I think like, I mean, it sounds funny, but the other thing that helped in Jamaica is like we we smoked together and then we talked and it was like we were on that that higher plane of consciousness in a way. And it's like even like how did I come to a lot of the realizations I came to this weekend? Like how did they solidify? And this is the other thing, too, is like I think when people come to like, you know, all right, I come to all these realizations on Friday. It's like, all right, but is Frank just saying this shit or whatever. And it's like, no, this is, you know, I think the way it works is your unconscious works on things for a while before you realize them and then they kind of bubble up. It's like, what helps with that? 
being high and it's like what helps with communicating with another person being high with them and feeling safe and and being on in that space so it's like we smoked on friday and talked about everything and then even saturday night we went out and got a few drinks and what i realized was we were literally we were at this place okay like frank and i like oftentimes like we'll make plans to go somewhere but then, then we, we just, never go out. and we never go because it's like oh like we are we're having such a great conversation like oh we don't have to leave but then it was like 11 o'clock at night and we had said it we we said it like three times so we were like oh like oh like if you don't want to go out we don't have to go and then we didn't decide like not to go but then it, i was like frank do you want to go he's like i would like to and i was like okay let's it let's go so we got there and like tell me if i'm lying but like when you first walked in was it like oh fuck like there's so many people that's how i yeah, felt i was just like already bit. like i this is why we shouldn't have come out a little bit but what I envisioned for going out was like, you know, and I always I view going out to like crowded bars as like literally just like I'd rather be like at home talking to like one or two people. Same. Like either smoking or having a few drinks or whatever. And um, I, I, I pictured it as like it could be more of an ambiance. And it wound up being that where it's like we got a couple of drinks. We're sitting there. There's a lot of people. But it's like this outdoor area and you could see the beach from it. And uh it was like we were having a conversation and the background to our conversation was a bar. And it was this really cool thing where, I mean, first on one level, I realized that early, you know, in our first phase of our relationship, it's like, like, yeah, we smoked and drank in Jamaica. And it's like, it's not to say that like we, you just need that because we have so many amazing sober conversations, both about ideas and businesses and, and each other. But it's like, Altering your state of consciousness allows you to do different things, right? And it's like, look at them as tools, not as as um, distractions, right? So it's like right. when you're high, that does something. And when you're a little intoxicated, like you're less inhibited, so you'll speak freely more, right? right. That, that even in your deepest abilities, it's sober, you're not going to do, right? And right. it's like, you're almost training the ability to do that sober, it feels like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was like, we were in this bar and having this deep conversation about our relationship and like i don't even think i was fucking blinking <laughs> and i was like like three inches from her face just like staring deeply into her eyes talking to and her. i'm like they're like downing my martini like yeah. oh my god Kat, like okay and it's you like, can do this like stay strong because honestly part of me was just like don't really like let him let him say all of these things and get it out of his system but like i really didn't want to give in yeah because i was like no like sit in this sit in this because i sat in it for a yeah, long time yeah, and yeah. i didn't want to be like oh my god yes like let's let's be together yeah, again everything course. i was saying was like well if we get back together like i don't know like everything was just like kind of like <laughs> qualified and i was just like don't like don't cry like don't let him see that you want to try again like just m let him feel like you're listening but not that you're caving in and that was also part of like me just like fuck like you're gonna are you gonna go through this again like are you trusting him like will he yeah. really be what he's saying he's gonna be are you gonna put yourself through that so it's like i had my own like insecurities like things that i have i had to work out and i'm still like working out but like i decided like okay like i want to do this again I, I, it's worth trying mm -hmm. you know but it's like so I, like i'm like looking at him like like he's literally like three inches from my face like literally like his eyes are glazing over right and he's telling me all of these things like we're at this bar and like there's like a million people around us like it's not like we're like in a corner like there's this place was yeah, packed was like there's packed. people everywhere like, there's people around us and i could even see in the corner of my eye people staring at me because it was like it was like we had our own we orb looked, we yeah, looked like, like we had there was different like an energy, energy. Yeah. yeah there was like an energy we were putting out and I, i'm literally three inches in front of her face staring deeply into her eyes talking to her you know in the the best way I can articulate how I feel about us. And um, 
like tearing up at times and I don't know it was just it was cool to like be in a space in public with her and I think that's a testament to what I'm saying about this like kind of shared energy and this unity is like if I was at the club by myself or with my friends I would have been so in my head about what other people are thinking of me or and god forbid I was doing anything like that I would have been like oh shit like let me look away from her because like people are looking at us or something and Mm -hmm. it was just like it was so cool to feel safe in this space because it's like it's like, I don't know, if you're living out a story or a narrative or something, or if this was a movie, it's like, that's exactly what it should feel like. That's what being alive is. That's It's me sitting at a bar with a million people around me, and the only thing that matters in the world is looking at you and saying what I'm saying to you. And it's like, that makes me feel safe and secure, even if the things I'm saying are super fucking vulnerable. And like you said, you're trying to be fucking stoic and not like actually And he actually kept agree. saying it, like, look, like, well, even at one point, you're just like, look, like, I'm telling you all these things, but like, your face is kind of like, like, what do you think? And I'm just <laughs> like, dude, like, I have to take this all in for a little. Yeah. But he kept going. Which like, was fair. And I, I did, I understood that it's not going to, look, it's like, we believe things deeply at an unconscious level. And it's like, it takes a while to integrate it, to believe it believe a new thing you just learned deeply mm-hmm. so i knew like i'm saying all this because i'm just feeling it and like i knew you you're not going to fully accept it immediately and you shouldn't and it takes and it's like even though you've obviously at, at, at a baseline decided to date me again and basically realized that like yeah we are going to be together forever uh okay so frankie's throwing this like for, like he keeps yeah. like saying like this crazy shit and every time he says forever he like looks at me and he's just like like right like forever and i'm just like okay still like okay like don't really like commit to that yeah he's not like she's not fully committed to it yet but that's fine i know she is like deep down because she was probably six months ago so (laughs) it's like she is now she's just i've unfortunately the my old mode of operating in the relationship and i honestly didn't realize like i said I, i really realized that that experience i had when i was younger with my first love like closed me off to fully experiencing Kat and, and showing her that and committing to her. So I don't know. It's weird. Like it, 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 this whole thing felt like a revelation. Like it feels, it feels divine almost or something. Um, but yeah, it was cool. And then, you know, the last thing I'd say about the going out thing was to kind of feel like we are two halves of this bigger brain that are learning how to communicate. And it's like in the learning how to communicate in those best, most ideal moments, we're creating this crazy energy, right? Where at the bar, we made a bunch of friends and... Like this one guy was literally like, so like, where are you guys from? You have this great energy. And we had literally spoken to him for like one second. And and now we're probably friends with him and we're going to hang out with him. Yeah, it was so weird. And we even made friends with the girl... uh, Oh yeah, the the cashier. Works at MoGo. She was great. And that was like a little tag team thing. And we made friends with our Uber driver. And it's like, I think we both do that naturally on our own, but I don't know. It was even like when we were riding bikes on the boardwalk, it was like, I was saying hi to everyone. And I say hi to a lot of people, but like I was unlocking people. We're like riding the bikes and Frank's like waving like every single second. He's like, Hey, hi. I'm just like, and it's (laughs) like, if you're, if, if us being together in its most ideal form puts this positive, creates this positive energy in the universe and it can not only make our lives joyful, but it, it allows us to connect quickly with people and, unlock people and make maybe make them smile and be happy it's like why would i deprive myself and cat and the world of this more positive energy exactly yep not to mention i think we can make more of an impact together than we could separately yeah this is true too just like yeah and And if i'm gonna comment on social issues you know it helps to uh 
be dating a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm also just joking, but seriously. No, though, like, you know I would I mean? always tell Frank, like, that's a really good idea, but, like, no, you can't say that. No one's going to listen to me. Like, you need somebody to help you. For that context, look I'm like a white you. bearded man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that also helps, too. I guess. No, it actually does. No, not for anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, it helps. I know, I know my Sadly, people. Sadly, <laughs> it helps. It frustrates me, though. Yeah, like, but. Frank has, like, ideas on, like, like reforming like the education system and like like but i don't want to say anything because i might be in like in like <laughs> no like in low-income communities and stuff like he actually is like coming from a good place like systematically like trying to create things and stuff and i'd be like well you can't actually go to these schools and pitch it sorry like none of these <laughs> none of these administrators that are of color yeah, are gonna look at you, you listen to the, me i'm a, a white well they'll just male. think like they'll just think like okay like this entitled asshole is coming over here trying to change things like you would need a person of color to really understand where you're coming from like from like a heartfelt place and be able to advocate on your behalf. Yeah, and I, need, like, I need a black advocate. Yeah, but it's like you you can't. No, no, he's not. He's not part of the alt right. <laughs> I promise. No, no, no. He really does care. <laughs> exactly. So that's this week's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Frankie and I were super vulnerable and honest, and it was a bit nerve wracking, but whatever. Here we are, and this is where the magic happens by sharing our truths and just being honest. I have nothing to hide and hopefully something that was said here can help one of you in your current relationship or in your way of perceiving relationships or make you feel a little better about something because as you know now, we're not perfect and yeah, it's okay to not be perfect. That's not the point. The point is to just commit to trying, you know? So um, before you guys head out, I just want to leave you with a quote and Frankie kind of touched base on it a bit, but I want to give you the full quote and it is by... Richard Bach, if you love someone, set them free. If they come back, they are yours. If they don't, they never were. I think it's super applicable to our current situation, and I think it's just applicable to life, you know? Just let people be free, and if they find their way back to you, then that means that there was something honest and authentic there the whole time. So, yeah. Also, I have one big favor to ask of you, and I really hope that you can take just one minute to do this. So as you know, this is a new podcast, it's a new show. I'm a new podcaster. So um, ratings and subscriptions really make an impact on whether or not I show up on any of these platforms. So if you could just take a minute to subscribe and rate this show and just, you know, be honest in what you think about it, I would really, really appreciate it. I'm, I'm still working on my craft and I just want feedback and I just want to know how I could be better. So if you could just give me some feedback, that would be amazing. I would love you forever. So yeah, um, I will talk to you guys next week and thank you for listening. Bye.